JK Starfield. <laughs> Can't play Starfield on a Monday. Yeah. Starfield really likes lasagna for some reason. <laughs> Someone can make a deconstruction Starfield without Starfield. <laughs> Starfield, his nine lives. I don't know. How far will this go? <laughs> hey, it looks like we're live anyway. Hello. Hi, Chad. I don't know. How we were talking about how Starfield and Garfield sound similar. And yes. how that, that makes for a lot of confusion. Yes. Well, you can't even play Starfield as an orange cat. Talk so uh, much for player wait, customization, give it, eh? Give it give it a week after. Someone already modded in. You could play as CJ from uh, <clears throat> Grand Theft Auto San Andreas as the mech in, in Armored Core. So if they could do that in a weekend, we'll get Garfield and Starfield in no time. Huh. Fair enough. Uh, yes, hello, chat. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yancy Crucial. I'm joined, as always, by Marty Sleever. Hello. And this week, in, uh, I'm not sure if I'd use the word celebration, in acknowledgement of mm. the success of games like Baldur's Gate 3, the release of Sea of Stars, and uh, other games in niche genres getting a bit of a comeback in recent mm. times, uh, which is, uh, uh, something we could all have expected now that audiences have soured to the usual mainstream garbage. Mm -hmm. We thought we'd talk about what other uh, less seen so much genres deserve a comeback. Yeah, and we're seeing we're seeing it a lot in um uh you know Baldur's Gate obviously is not the first CRPG no, no, to be no, popular no. in the past couple of years, but it sort of stands on the shoulders of of stuff like Divinity and Disco Elysium and Wasteland yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and then we're even seeing it with Armored Core. People seem to love Armored Core bringing back that high high budget mecha genre and then uh indies like bomb rush cyberfunk which is As, carrying the yeah. torch for jet set radio basically everything is getting a boost because everyone's so sick of the usual crap it's a yes. great time for innovation it's it's we're in one of the more positive stages of the ebb and flow of creativity in mm -hmm. mainstream creative media yeah and there's nothing more creative than going into the past and being like well that was popular 20 years ago let's just do that well, it Which, starts, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm honestly kind of fine with. The pattern starts with a phase of remakes, and we were in that mm -hmm. for a while. Resident Evil Four, yeah. Metroid Prime, yeah. everything based. getting remade and re-released mm -hmm. for a while, and now we're in the sort of the follow-up stage where it's not so much remaking as bringing back old concepts and seeing what sticks. So, as you say, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which I had a little go on, I might play more of, but uh, mm. I was never really one for that sort of high stakes. Uh, uh, Tony Hawk's style of gameplay where the game's like, right, impressors, impressors yeah. now with a sequence of tricks. And we're also going to send the cops after you. Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. you have to start all over again. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess in, in the spirit of the topic, what do you think is a genre that hasn't yet come back and needs one? So I'm, I'm, it's funny that that's a good jumping off point because Bomb Rush, while, while very clearly being like Jet Set Radio 3 in all but name, um, I, I miss that era of the sort of extreme sports game that we got. We, mm. to, you know, Tony Hawk came in and then we got things like Aggressive Inline and, and Dave Mira's BMX. And there was something about those games that felt like the, the ones that actually like, floated to the top the ones like the, the creme de la creme felt like this really interesting combination of a 3d platformer 
um mixed with like the situational awareness and and sort of the the left brain thinking of a puzzle game mixed with the dexterity of a fighting game and that was such a neat combo to me that um feels like it's been kind of left at the wayside and we've had we've had some attempts Tony Hawk came back with a remake remaster thing and then there was that game you remember Rollerdrome from a year or two ago that was like yes. that stylish shooter when you were on the skates yeah, yeah that, that kind of like some of the ideas Tony Hawk's but with combat as well yeah yeah um and so yeah we're getting more and more which we see you know we saw the the sort of the era when all the indie games were uh, uh you know looking like 8-bit games because that was like the games that those developers grew up with like the shovel yeah. knights and whatnot and now we're seeing you know as a younger crop of developers comes in we're seeing those who were inspired by games from the late 90s and you know the the stuff yeah. of the the dreamcast and the ps1 and ps2 yeah, and the typical N64. nostalgia wave of course we've been enjoying mm-hmm. the boomer shooter revival for a long time now yeah yeah exactly it's funny because i feel like if we would have had this exact same topic five years ago a mm. lot of the genres that we might have mentioned might have already come back you know mm. people in the past have been like there there it felt like we for a while, there were no 3D platformers outside of like your Mario's. Mm. Um, but now, not only do we have these 3D platformers in the indie scene, and um, you know, you you reviewed Hell Pie, and then there was uh, um, a couple of recent indies like uh, Orbo's Odyssey and Pseudo Regalia that I really liked. But Nintendo still carrying that flag. We got we got Sonic Frontiers last year, which I really liked. Uh, we got Balan one? Wonderworld. What was that one? I played it very quickly. It was like uh, Koa or something? Koa and the Pirates? Uh, Koa and the Five Pirates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I played a bit of that. That's very hat in timey. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously hat in time. Yeah. So it, it feels like, and with the, the Psychonaut sequel and everything, it feels like that genre like has new life injected to it in a way that maybe in the early 2010s, we kind of didn't have that. Interesting you mentioned extreme sports, because uh, when I think of extreme sports, I always think of why I liked uh, Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube so much. Mm-hmm. Because I think that wasn't that made by the Tony Hawk developers? That was Treyarch, yeah. Yeah, because um, the way it treated the web swinging and the acrobatics in that game felt very much like it was treating it like an extreme sports game. It was full of mm-hmm. like uh, acrobatic challenges and race missions. And what made Spider-Man games suffer after that was that they tended to focus more on being beat-em-up, stroke, Arkham Asylum rip-offs, open worlds with less emphasis on traversal and more on just Mm -hmm. pointing in the direction you want to go and holding down the web-swing button. And it started coming back with the Insomnia game Spider-Mans, of course, but uh, it was still like that that heavy combat emphasis. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned platformers, because part of me thinks that... Part of the reason, like a whole lot of genres just sort of disappeared for a while, uh, was the switch from 2D to 3D graphics in the late mm-hmm. 90s. Everything was first person shooters for a while. But before then, in the 16 bit era and like some ways into the 32 bit era, uh, you could have, uh, uh, well, the limitations of 2D gameplay uh, spread out in all sorts of different directions, like platformers in 2d are an entirely different prospect of platformers in 3d it took a long time to figure out how to get platformers in 3d to work properly yeah there was a lot of growing pains with uh most of the early generation ones funnily enough the extra dimension sort of screwed with things a bit but even beyond that uh when people were limited to just 2d there was a lot of more uh uh creativity in terms of what you could do with say management sims and (laughs) strategy games and uh yeah uh, top-down action games you had to think about it a bit more 
Nowadays, everyone's got those 3D engines with everything prepackaged for them. You just knock yeah, out even small indie teams. first-person shooters yeah. whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, and this doesn't. Um, it feels like no genre is uh, uh, sort of gatekept to, to to high budget. You know, like mm. if you want to make a shooter, you can make a shooter. If you want to make uh, an RPG, you can make an RPG. Um, you know, the sky's kind of the limits at this point, which is not how it was. Uh, you know, ten years ago. And of course, the longest time uh, AAA games were just trying to create the sort of hypothetical zenith of gaming by seeing how many more different, how many different things they could get working at the same time in a single game. Yeah. And to like the the glut of like open world crafting sandboxes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And what I've now called the Jiminy Cockthroat experience. And yeah, I think it's yeah. in backlash to that that we're seeing a return to lots of like more hyper focused genre experiences. Yeah, and that's funny because it, it it feels like for a while like there was this thought of like oh well you need to be one of those uh, uh, everything games not like the everything games we talked about but a game that where if you try you're a multi hyphenate game uh, mm. because certain genres just won't sell just don't have an audience and I feel like things keep being proven that's proven wrong like. There was a time a while ago people said, oh, CRPGs, that's niche. That's not going to be able to find an audience. And then Baldur's Gate 3 comes along and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's like breaking Steam records and everything. So I think it shows that like if handled by the right teams and done correctly, no genre is too niche, which is um, yeah, which is exciting. And and another a good example, I know you haven't had a chance to jump in yet, but um, a game that feels very stripped down and is even level based is... Um, Armored Core 6, uh, hmm. which I think if a lot of people are jumping in kind of just expecting, you know, a uh, a Dark Souls or, or an Elden Ring, they're going to be surprised that Armored Core 6 is a lot like the previous Armored Core games in which just from a main menu, you select your sortie, your mission, and missions can be 60 seconds long. Some of them could be five minutes long. Some of them could be 10, depending on how, how much trouble a boss is giving you. But um, everything like, is very yeah. bite-sized. I feel like the Japanese industry like has done level stroke mission based stuff uh, mm-hmm. a lot more than the western industry yeah uh, even we had the aforementioned bell and wonder world is even yeah. level based i think of things like bayonetta where it's mm-hmm. uh, they like stop at the end of every chapter to let you know how well you did yeah which i like give me a little letter Throw an S in there. I don't know why, but that's cool. I find those a little bit demoralizing, especially when they keep giving me shitty awards. It's like, oh, you just scraped through with a stone. I'm like, eat my shit, game. I was trying my best. <laughs> you know what? As long as it's above an F for me, I'm like, we did it. We got you know, through the level. You know, if it's a D, that's fine. You know, the worst games for that was the 3D Sonics. I don't yeah. know what fucking criteria those games are judging you on. <laughs> but I think I'm doing all right, and I get to the end, and it's like, uh, oh, you just got to see. Could have done better than that. Yeah. If <laughs> you've ever seen Ross Scott's uh, game dungeon review on Sonic Heroes, he does oh, a very no. good riff on the, that subject. I keep thinking of the Sonic and Sonic Heroes theme song for some reason, and I didn't even play. I played like two hours of Sonic Heroes, but that mm. theme song is just in my head, and I wanted to leave. So if you have any suggestions, please um, help me. Um, the, uh, so do you think, like you, you said that sort of like the Japanese, uh, are still, still are able to have that, a lot of Japanese devs, that mentality of, of, 
um, kind of treating games as levels, as, as missions, like not necessarily everything has to be this big sprawling thing. And obviously you have your examples of, of you know, Final Fantasy 16, which kind of lead into Western, uh, leaned into Western influences and everything and even Elden Ring. But um, is that something you think you, you could see like Western developers taking oh. a cue from and making their own sort of taking off with it? Well, I've always felt Japanese games uh, have lent towards a very orderly structuring. I mean, even mm-hmm. in uh, like the Japanese homegrown open world stuff, like yeah, like uh, Yakuza, uh, all the missions are very tightly organized in the menus. Yeah, uh, they definitely like appreciate that sort of uh, sort of almost ceremonial process. Yeah, uh, where everything everything has to have every mission has to be properly organized with a proper mission start and a proper mission end. I mean, even uh, if you look at a game like Phantom Pain, we got credits yeah, yeah. at the beginning and yeah. end of every mission, which is still very funny. I don't know if that reflects the Japanese cultural mindset. I don't know if it's racist to say that, but uh, that's the impression I've gotten. I don't, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's racist. I think in the uh, case of Metal Gear, that just more reflects Kojima and Kojima being weird. Which is just wonderful. I think. Yeah. Please stay weird, Kojima. It's funny. I'd have said Metal Gear Solid was an exception. That does I would. Like... I would have said up until five. Yeah. 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 That feels like an adventure through a continually uh, evolving situation. Yeah. One, no, two, and three definitely. With no specific, you know, marker points from one section of the mission to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Um. A couple, another genre that uh, it's funny because you mentioned you haven't played Immortals of Avium yet, but that's something new. I think I might check it out though uh, because well, Nick was talking it up on Twitter. Well, he Mm -hmm. talks of fucking everything. He's very easily pleased that boy. Ah. Uh, But I, yeah, I think I can't say anything. I'm the exact same way, so I'm not going to say anything. I think that's my afternoon. I'm going to play uh, Armored Core Six for a bit and Immortals of Avium for a bit, and I'm going to see which one grabs me first. Let them fight. If I. But so uh, Immortals does, uh, if you guys don't know, Immortals of Avium is uh, the newest uh, uh, EA Originals. Um, but I, will, I will say now, I am never going to remember that title like six months from it's now. It's very bland. It I was is. Playing, yeah. I was playing Guess the Game this morning. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, You're I obsessed. Was, You're obsessed I, with Guess the Game. I know. It's great. And the answer, I was, I had an idea of what I wanted to guess, but I absolutely could not remember the name of the game. I'd even reviewed it. I even remembered some of the funny jokes I'd made about it, and I couldn't, for the life of me, remember what it was called because it had such a generic, shitty name. So in the you know end, well, in the end, it? I had to like go looking it up uh, with uh, some fairly well-organized searches, and it turned out I was thinking of I've almost forgotten it again. Walson Lords of Mayhem. Oh my God! Really bad name. <laughs> That's I know. A really bad name. It's when you take about, a made-up word and then yeah. add a couple modifiers that are just pretty bland and it's used in a lot about, of other things. That's why I was bringing it up in relation to Immortals of Avium because it's the yeah. combination of. It wasn't the answer, Bear Bomb. Don't worry. For the, today's <laughs> guess the game. It was just the one I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, it's the combination of a made-up word and an incredibly generic other bit of title that yeah. makes it really hard to stick in my memory. Although, I yeah. guess Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is kind of the, the exception that proves the rule. It's almost so dumb that it's like, okay, I'll, I'll remember this one. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really bad, uh, really bad name. But uh, the game is ultimately, it's like a short single-player, like 12-hour first-person shooter, but set in a magical world. Oh, so gosh. your first-person shooting games. is... Short games, remember so- those? Thank Christ. I- 
<laughs> that's the genre I want to come back. But the sort of the the short single player shooter campaign, which mm. is something it seems like we used to get all the time, and now we have this this boom of of retro shooters, the boomer shooters that um, feel like they're taking that place in the indie scene. But like we just don't get big big sort of high budget shooter campaigns anymore aside from yeah. you know you get your call of duty once a year but that's almost like an afterthought compared to the to the multiplayer yeah the multiplayer remember like the yeah. old ps3 360 heyday when you'd have like a random shooter every other week shit like absolutely the the two rock remake and yeah uh, stuff uh, like the darkness and yeah. stuff that like did something interesting with its with its world and mechanics yeah uh that's why evil west felt like such a throwback yeah uh, yeah yeah. that's exactly that sort of thing yeah if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Um, um, Halo, of course. Halo, yeah, yeah. Halo Infinite didn't do so well, did it? Trying to be uh, the it open didn't. world thing. It didn't. Don't, everything doesn't have to be open world. Sometimes you can close your world off and everything will be fine. Like, look what we got. That's, and then people release things like Hi-Fi Rush. Again, one of the reasons, well, the stealth release was one thing, but just the fact that it was nice and simple yeah and it's over in eight that, hours and uh, yeah yeah really just had a really solid core gameplay loop yeah um and then speaking of other you know aside from 3d platformers other genres that feel like they made a comeback which you've made videos about before was it feels like we saw the death of the point and click adventure game mm. but then saw it as i don't know point, uh, well point and, click adventure, point and click adventure fans will always pick you up on that point they'll say no they didn't say this the games never died. There was always a very strong uh, amateur development scene. There was a yeah. very strong indie scene mm-hmm. through the 90s and 2000s. It, they were just not a mainstream genre anymore, partly because yeah. of the move to 3D, as I've talked sure. about in my uh, extra punctuation about mm-hmm. why adventure games stopped being good. Uh, but yeah, they've had they've certainly had their noteworthy titles in the in the, the last few years. I still think it's a very limited genre. Uh, I mean, these yeah. days people expect something more like your Baldur's Gate three experience, and you're more sort of yeah. open ended RPG for yeah. your or Disco Elysium for your uh, story, yeah. very heavily narrative based experiences. The whole uh, inventory puzzle thing was always yeah always felt like a very limiting uh, way to pace out the player's experience. Or we have games that sort of feel like they take the spirit of those old games, but take them in a different direction, like your your Oblivions, well, your Outer Wilds, your Citizen Sleepers. Yeah, I mean, there was influence taken from adventure games for a whole bunch of things. I'd, I'd ask you, uh, Immersive Sims, like Deus Ex, took a lot of influence yeah. from the uh, adventure games of the 90s. Yeah, yeah I'd, uh, I'd agree with that as well. Um, so yeah, you see, you know... It's almost that kind of like what is what is dead may never actually die um, so so anyway uh let's speculate let's try to think of genres that haven't come back yet that we'd like to see come back okay one i don't want to come back okay and i know why it's gone uh and this is kind of a cheat because there's two of them the the plastic instruments 
which oh, were the don't. biggest fucking thing in the world. I, 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 then, I haven't got any more fucking cupboard space for those things. No. Well, what about the second genre, Toys to Life? So that was the oh, two that God. like felt like everyone was like hanging their hat on this is going to be the future. So you had both your rock bands and your guitar heroes, and then you had your your Skylanders, your your Lego Dimensions, your Disney Infinities, your Starlings. Um, man, just I think they realized just people don't want to be buying all this shit. Some people want to buy all this shit. And I, I say that as someone who started collecting Amiibo this year because I'm sad and buying things makes me happy. Um, but man, I just don't want to have all this shit around. I don't want these plastic guitars everywhere. No, no, quite. God, I remember those days. I yeah, think. and it was like, fuck, it was great at the time. Like when I was in college and having a rock band set up, that was great. Went through three rock band drum kits. But that <laughs> technology was not designed to be very heavily smacked with sticks over and over again yeah. for long periods. Yeah, yeah um yeah just a weird uh a weird era where that was just the one of the biggest things like that was e3 conferences being like we got the beatles in this game we made a beatles game and we got paul mccartney and ringo here like that's that's wild there's still a uh there's still a popular niche it's all about that uh what's it called that sort of universal guitar hero game you can play on pc Oh, rocksmith i think uh no, i don't think it's like the ubisoft one where you can kind of learn your own yeah, like that's almost like a guitar training tool. Yeah, Rocksmith's the one where it actually teaches you how to play guitar. But there's one that everyone uses these days. Uh, Clone Hero, thank you, Dimitri. It's like the open source guitar. Oh, hero, I've never even heard of it. Where you can, well, it's very popular with the people who can't get, can't uh, let go of that particular niche. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you can get pretty much every song for that. And there's like a huge speedrunning and like skill run community for that. Oh, funny. Yeah, and obviously like the rhythm genre is still alive and well, especially in indie games. And you get your, your, um, crypt of the necro dancers and, mm. you know, it feels like yeah. every, every year we get a couple, a couple well, of rhythm like action is its own thing. And rhythm action is, uh, been pretty thoroughly explored. You have your yeah, little hill yeah. singer and your, mm-hmm. uh, beats for minute and, uh, hi-fi rush, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Perfect example from earlier this year. Um, but yeah, in terms of actual plastic instruments, I don't need those to come back. Those can stay gone. Well, thank goodness for that. As for the things that I actually do want to come back, mm-hmm. I'd like to see a return of the pure stealth game. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because for the longest time, stealth was just uh, another ingredient in the Jiminy Cockthroat model, mm-hmm. where it's just, hey, you can, you could, sure, you could try to stealth your way through this enemy camp at first, but if you fuck up, we'll just, you know, you can just shoot your way out. Yeah but, uh, yeah, but I was I was always a huge fan of the Thief series, as you know, especially Thief Two. These huge sprawling levels uh, full of like drafty castle corridors, where uh, and you can and you see games like Hitman uh, that have a sort of <laughs> immersive sim style, like social engineering kind of stealth, where you hide among crowds and stuff. But I always liked the sort of lonely D and D style thief experience that the thief games yeah. with. There's just like one guard patrolling the routes, and you and he's not like there's not guards all all, all the time all around you but there are guards there and the levels are so yeah, large yeah. and sprawling you never know when their patrol route is gonna take you by surprise yeah 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 that feels like if someone like really leaned into that i feel yeah. like that's one of those genres where it wouldn't be like oh this is too niche like if someone yeah. really leaned into it and not the, uh, not your military stealth like your splinter cell like uh mm-hmm. agent provocateur metal gear solid style stealth and not your like social stealth like in hitman but much more yeah 
Lonely Atmospheric Stealth. What's that game? Yeah. Gloomwood? Gloomwood? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Or, is it, or Gloomhaven. No, yeah, Gloom- Gloomwood. Something like that. One of those. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping like for that sort of experience when that's out of early access. Yeah. It's funny because you mentioned the social because there's like stealth is a a huge mm. component of a lot of massive multiplayer games like mm. of stuff like prop hunt games and uh, and obviously you're among us your social stealth games but uh, there's a there's a cool game coming out later in September um, called No Sun to Worship it's going to Steam I think it's like a solo dev but it looks like I, I put the put the link in the don't open it though if you open the link it's going to play the trailer very loud. So we've learned we've learned our lesson, um, but it looks like a take on it's almost like a spooky take on your Splinter Cells or your uh, or your Metal Gears. Um, but yeah, and even Fran, one of our contributors in the chat, mentioned uh, bringing back Tenchu, which it feels mm. like Sekiro was kind of that, but like you could stealth your way through Sekiro, but ultimately, you know, yeah. it would come down to actual one-on-one fights. Yeah, you'd have to do the boss fights, otherwise, it's not a From Software game, is it? Yeah. Although it would be pretty funny if it was like, if you are good enough at stealth, you can one-shot the boss if you get there without a single oh, person seeing you. There's Every boss is sleeping, that. and if you raise no alarms, you can just kill them in their sleep. There's games that's done that, hasn't it? I think the first Deus Ex, you, like, when boss fights showed up, you could just piss off. I love that. And then the boss fight would show up later and said, why do you piss off? <laughs> like, Because I didn't <laughs> I feel that. like giving you the time of day, and I don't feel yeah. like doing it now, so I'm going to piss exactly. off again. Yeah, perfect. Um... Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, stealth, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, another one I was thinking about was the uh, vehicular combat games. Oh, I think sort someone of in the chat mentioned that. Yeah, car oh, combat. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we have your, you know, we, we had an era with the Twisted Metals, the Full Autos, yeah. the Vigilante 8s, uh, the Star Wars Demolition, which is very bad. Yeah, I remember um, the first wave of those, Carmageddon. Uh, yeah. Demolition Derby was a game like way back. Which again, if you are uh, a member on YouTube or Patreon, you can watch uh, Frost's latest uh, stuff of legends about the development of Carmageddon and why the authorities were called on the devs because they thought they were murdering people. They weren't. Spoilers. Twisted Metal was a weird one. You had like the (laughs) weird one, yeah, yeah. They had that car combat thing, and then they'd have this really weird sort of gothic horror plot attached to it. Yeah, especially like the first like. The first few were like, okay, you're leaning into like how this is kind of silly. And then Twisted Metal Black came out and it was like, oh, this yeah. is like really fucked up, but it's like a silly arcade game. Yeah. Even more yeah. so with that most recent one with the uh, full on FMV cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the, the uh, uh, Twisted Metal. Did you know a Twisted Metal TV series uh, was released last month? I were did of sort of hear that on the underground grapevine. Couldn't yeah. avoid it. Couldn't avoid the ads on Twitter for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're a big, you're a subscriber to Peacock, right? Uh, I didn't even know one could subscribe to Peacocks. It's a Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yeah, they you just, subscribe to Peacock. They just deliver one to your house every every month, and then you just have a Peacock in your yard. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't pay, they they come and take it. They come and take it away. So oh, I was really um, attached to that Peacock. Oh, oh that's a shame. Uh, and then another one uh, that's that that I was thinking of was we I miss the era of movie tie-ins, and I realize a lot of movie tie-ins were very bad, and we would point to those games as like, oh, this is like fucking shovelware that was created just to be able to hit this uh, movie coming out. But at the same time, it gave us stuff like Goldeneye, and you mentioned Spider-Man Two, and I'm like, I want, I feel like there's a lot of movies over the past decade that we haven't gotten game adaptations of, and I'm kind of like, I kind of wish. 
they would have tried well, something not like not like Oppenheimer, but like no. what if a good developer would have tried to make a game based on the Barbie movie that came out this summer? Oh god, like, there've been so many Barbie video games, and they all yeah. Suck. But what if it was a good one? What if we did a good one? <laughs> well, games take so much longer to make than films these days. These days, you, these days they just film films on their iPhones in like three weeks. Not even no, they're on strike. They're not filming anything now. Oh, okay. Well, back when <laughs> they were making films, that's what they did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we oh. got, we won all these. Like, what about these recent James Bond movies? I was making a James Bond game, but it's not going to be attached to any of these movies. I want a movie game. Give me a movie game. Well, no, because uh, they'd never, uh, they'd never be able to give a developer enough notice to be able to bring out a game with a film anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I miss I miss that era. Uh, what what else do I miss? Well, I wanted to bring up uh, platforming in the specific Prince of Persia Sands of Time style parkour style of Mm. platforming, which is about sort of uh, figuring out the chain of parkour movements you had to do to advance through the level. Yeah, yeah. I missed that. I could miss how you could uh, pull it off really smoothly, like just going from move to move and feel like a real badass. Yeah, it's funny. It feels like that's we almost have more of that in the first person genre, which feels like just a way different thing. I, I know. Than, I mean, yeah, like your good Ghost Runner always, 2 is coming out in a few months. Sounds of Time was always like uh, switching from third person to fixed camera. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, with stuff like your Ghost Runner and your, what was the other one that came out recently uh, that uh, was that sort of thing? Neon White? Uh, Neon White as well, but yeah. uh, there was something that I was playing the other day. That was oh, felt okay. a lot like Ghost Runner, but uh, yeah. it wasn't called that. I guess it also had a shitty title. Cause I was was it Crawl? Oh, it might have been, actually, yeah. 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 A lot of forgettable titles. Yeah, but the first-person parkour stuff, like Ghost Runner, it's always like they do it like it's a little arena and you're supposed to use it to fight off the enemies. Is I, I want to see something that's more focused on the platforming challenge. Or it's like an open-world thing, like Dying Light. Something where you yeah. have to get through this specific sequence of challenges with the parkour moves we've given you, and uh, see how you do. Yeah, it feels like uh, you mentioned dying light, and like I guess like parkour almost feels like a thing that is just sprinkled on other games, mm. but isn't necessarily like the core identity of that game. Whereas in I guess I've always know, had a soft spot for I've always had a soft spot for very specifically traversal focused games. Do you remember those yeah, games like back same. in the olden days where you stuff like Skyroads where you would just a sprite in the middle of the screen and just like this endless walkway like yeah. stretching off in front of you and you had to jump over the gaps and stuff. Yeah, 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 and that's like you. If you want to talk about a game getting you in a flow state, like mm. once you once you pick up those games, those uh, man, those will start feeling really good. And the reason why it's hard to do that in first person in like your Mirror's Edge is because you can't really plan ahead. It's like we just have to react to uh, yeah. the challenges as they come up in something like Mirror's Edge. And I'd like to yeah, like, yeah. I'd like to get the lay of the like the sequence of traps and jumps ahead of me and go right i need to wall run across that then jump there then jump there jump there and done yeah and that almost feeds into how i was talking about like tony hawk at the beginning of the stream where it turns the level design into a puzzle that you almost need to quickly do the mental math on to plan out what you're going to do and i got a little bit of that recently when i was replaying um shadow of the colossus actually Mm. like each like like climbing one of these things you're trying to think a few moves ahead 
you're like, all right, I want to get onto his hairy hand because I know he's going to rub his shoulder so I could jump onto his shoulder then mm. and then try to run around on his head to stab him in the head and, and do a bad. Being able to plan ahead. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, actually, I was just reminded, so speaking of traversal games, did you play XO1 a couple of years back? I did, yeah. Yeah, that, the one where you're that, like... The- that game really felt like an elevation of the classic sort of uh, Skyroad style traversal game. Yeah, yeah. And that was a game like it felt like uh get you in a trance. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was quite uh hypnotized by it until you get to that one jungle planet that sucks. <laughs> You're like, I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah, Why are you doing this yeah, to me, XO one? Moving on. Yeah. Um uh another uh another genre I've been thinking of lately, um, because of a few games I've I've replayed. I played Asura's Wrath right before um or earlier in the summer. You and, and your I was Asura's like, Wrath. Me and my Asura's Wrath, and I loved it. I had a great time, and I was like, this is fucking cool. Why were QTEs not the future of video games? I like games that... Maybe it's just me, but I prefer games that have a bit of game with their cutscene as well. No, no, that's too much. That's too much game. Just get my cutscene here. Uh, And then Final Fantasy sixteen came out, and I was like, fuck yeah, you guys understood. You guys made these incredible incredible boss battles and put the QTEs in. And then I played Balan, and then we go back to Balan. (laughs) And the QTE sections in Balan, the Balan's bouts, are so so bad it is shockingly bad that i i finished balan and by the end of the stream i had lost 27 of them in a row there were 27 qte sections that i could not perfect in order to get a trophy yeah because they wouldn't they wouldn't give you the trophy unless you perfected every single qte in it and you can't redo them you got to redo them you got to leave the whole level and get back to it and even if if you fuck up the first press there's no way to skip the rest of it you just got out you just got to fail through the rest of it it is amazing like it's like a baffling game design decision Uh, i think that sums up the whole game just one baffling game design decision after another i mean it was it was like impressive how weird it was what was even the what was the problem that that specific mechanic was intended to fix i wonder because i've thought about it and i think it was just um the main character of the game has absolutely no presence in the game if she took them out yeah also the plot I'm going to spoil the end of Battle of Wonderworld. You're a character who like lives in like an orphanage and a kid, and you think everyone's talking shit about you, and so you run away from the orphanage, and you meet Balin, who's like a trickster god, and then you go and help these people. But then at the end, you go back to the orphanage, and it turns out they weren't talking shit about you. They were planning a birthday party for you. So does your character just not know it was their birthday? Like, what? <laughs> Like the big reveal at the end of the game is, oh no, they weren't talking shit. They were just whispering because they're planning your birthday party. And I'm like, what? Does this person not know it's their birthday? That like, oh, they're probably doing something for my birthday. Like I could not wrap my head around what the game wanted me to think at the end of it, which is all all great art. See, an entire game that could have been avoided with just better communication skills. Yeah. Like a classic farce. Yeah. So we go to Super Chats. There's a ton of suggestions from people. Hell yeah. Uh, let me know if this isn't the first one. Uh, Eclavia Mishra, welcome to bonus content. All good? Yep, okay. That's the first. BS Marsh then gives us $2 and says, Marty, I guess you sort of like Sea of Starts. Ah. Is that supposed to be 
a little criticism there, B.S. Marsh. No, no. Uh, it was a typo. B.S. Marsh oh, okay. afterwards said uh, that was a typo. And I said, at least you didn't write Sea of Sharts. <laughs> um, I did. I did like Sea of Stars. My 3MR is available now on the site. There you can you check go. it out. And then Yahtzee will have a zero punctuation on it soon. Man, we're really chilling for this game. Oh my so god, we did two, a doc. We get a doco on it yeah, too. Two Ooh. reviews and a doco. Man, I hope oh it doesn't suck or we'll look really dumb. <laughs> well, that was basically the thinking behind reviewing it. Yes, because I'd better like make sure it doesn't suck, or you know, <laughs> we've put a lot of backing on this horse. <laughs> anyway, Wesley Thomas gives. Yeah, you can find out my opinion on Wednesday. Yay. It's not quite as effusive as Marty's, I'm afraid, but... That uh, sounds like yes. most games, if I'm going to be honest. Well, there you go. I ain't going to spoil shit. Okay, I don't want you to spoil shit. I want to do a quick sanity check. Okay. Uh, Jason Jason Schreier uh, said uh, that he was enjoying the game, but he found it baffling that no one mentioned how many spelling and grammar errors they were, and I literally don't remember any. Like... Oh, well, now you mentioned it. Maybe I it. gloss over them. Like, did you notice them? Like, Now you mentioned it. I think a couple jumped out. But I okay. didn't say they were an excess, not enough that I would remember to put it in my review or anything. Yeah. Um, I just found that he was like, it's baffling how many there are. And I was like, I don't know it's that many. And like, characters speak a little differently. And so, like, you know, I, characters will use slang or whatever and... and well, I'm a, I'm, a very fast, I'm a very fast reader at the best of times. I tend to skim through dialogue a lot. Same. And so maybe that's why I didn't, because I didn't like really pause and hold time on any lines. I was just kind of like, yeah, I understand what everyone's saying. Mm. Anyway, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says, I have nothing to contribute this week yet. I just want to ask for an Adventurer's Night prequel that shows what everyone got arrested over. Oh, but wouldn't that spoil the mystery, Wesley Thomas? No. I always get faintly disappointed uh, when a prequel comes out. Because it's like, well, we we absolutely cannot be bothered to continue this plot. Let's wallow in it for a bit. Do you, without saying, when you guys were making your characters, did Jack tell you to, for yourselves, think of why you were arrested? Like, do in a, you in know a nutshell, why? yes. He said, yeah. uh, you know, just try to uh, come up with your own idea for how you were arrested. And I think my answer to that was for the obvious reason. Because, you know... My feeling was that if Mortimer was picked up by a police guard, his first thought would be, yeah, figures. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a huge thief con artist bastard. Does it, it doesn't matter which exact crime I'm getting arrested yeah, for. I there's a warrant out for me for something, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Justin James gives $10 and says, Hey, Yahtzee, do you count something like Hi-Fi Rush in this comeback kind of renaissance? It seems to harken back in my mind anyway to like a really good PS2 game. I had very similar thoughts, Justin James. Not so mm-hmm. much a comeback for rhythm or rhythm action games, but just the comeback of the creative, colourful PS2 era sort of game that I'd also yeah. put uh, God Hand, uh, Katamari Damacy, yeah, uh, yeah. all those really Akami, all those really weird mm-hmm. and quirky PS2 games that came out around then because the PS2 had such good third-party support. Yeah. And wasn't a huge pain in the ass to develop for with all those top-of-the-range graphics and stuff, so none of that actually got in the way of the creative vision. And especially, again, I especially like that Hi-Fi Rush came from a studio that had been known for completely different games and from a first-party publisher like that. Mm. I I want more... uh, I I want 
more of it. Like I want Sony to allow allow their teams like have Naughty Dog work on something small and colorful and weird and different. Like, and yeah. I understand that it feels like these these a lot of these teams are kind of shackled to their massive you know goatee winning ip and i'm like that's kind of boring like yeah they can make that and make all their money and stuff but let it fund these weird side projects and you say it was unusual for the developer but there was something about it that really stank of shinji mikami to me interesting it did give me a lot of god hand vibes yeah yeah i guess that yeah yeah, that might have been just the main character is a dude in a scarf with a weird arm who's got a weird love-hate relationship with the main female character that's pretty much got in. Yeah. Checks out. Uh, Robert Johnson gives 10 Canadian dollars and says, Marty, thank you very much for let's, for letting me about Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Square brackets. Sick. Close square brackets. I still play Jet Set Radio Future to this day, and I had no, I had two idea there was a sequel. Square brackets. Sick. Close square brackets. Now I just need to wait for a Steam sale. Fucking, just fucking read it. This is the... This is the... Um, this is the Sea of Stars thing. See, this I is, just read it. Yeah, I was like, this, this is, is the sort of laissez-faire attitude to grammar that creates situations like Sea of Stars being full of typos. No, no, no. Grammar's words are jazz. It's fine. It's fine, baby. It's fine. Your Use jazz. whatever words you want. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you're checking out uh, Bomb Rush. It's great. Oh, did it's, I say jazz? You like I jazz meant, radio? Do you say jazz? I meant jizz. Oh, no. Well, jizz is the name of the jazz in the Star Wars universe. Words you know are jizz, if you ask me. And if you, don't want, if you don't want to be judged, don't like spray your jizz willy nilly over all over the place. Yeah, it's great. That's great. That's no, zero notes. Perfect advice. Alex Armstrong is two dollars and says, "No one needs to come back. Papers, please, clones." I wasn't aware there were any Alex Armstrong. There's one. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. Frost and I did a, a stream of an upcoming one for Steam Next Fest a little while ago. I don't remember what the name of that game was, but it was set in like a medieval city, and it was like a cartoonish medieval city, and you were um, you were papers pleasing people. It was and it was delightful. The demo was wonderful. Lil Guardsman, that's what it was called. Lil Guardsman. Thank oh, I guess you, there Gil. was um, not tonight as well, and not tonight not too. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. And there were a couple of or hmm? or or people can um, just come up with your own cool indie ideas that feel yeah. different. Yes, yeah, now you well. mentioned it, there have been a few indie sort of bureaucracy um-ups. Mm-hmm. What was that one where you were like a sci-fi policeman looking for aliens? I don't know. That sounds made up. Uh, Dr. Zebra gives $5 and says, Yahtzee, you've inspired me to write my own book. The working title is We'll Blow Up the Solar System for No Reason. Oh, wow, no. I guess that sounds pretty directly inspired. <laughs> It's nice that people are creating the sort of asylum asylum films version of my books. That's how you know you've made it, I suppose. Oh, to come out the same week as your book? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Lucky Seventh gives 15... Oh, blimey. Whatever those the hell, are shekels. Currents. Shekels, thank you. Those are shekels. Here's a tip for your hard work. Hope you keep on doing what you do. Smiley face. We will. I notice you we weren't a, going to. I noticed with your smiley face you put a space between the colon and the... Uh, and the parentheses. Do you ever do that? Or do you like to have your colons right next to your parentheses like God intended? I like them right next. However, if you... A lot of times with me, if I type something out and end it with a with an emoji, 
it'll delete everything beforehand and just paste the emoji. So like I'll go to respond to someone and I'll type out a whole thing and then it'll just be it'll just turn out to be a smiley face. I'm like, well, that sounds creepy. Mm-hmm. Like I did. Why did this happen? So maybe Lucky Seventh was just trying to trying to circumvent that. Although several people in the chat have typed things with emojis at the end. So who knows? Okay. Um, ah gives four ninety nine dollars and says Yati, the narrator of Baldur's Gate three quoted you in an interview recently. Also the recent patch notes alluded to your ZP review. I knew about the patch notes thing. It's I think it's actually alluding to my latest extra punctuation, isn't it? That's what right. It was it was, yeah. How uh, they added some nuance to the, the relationship with the wizard bloke, which was something yep. I brought up in the extra punctuation, and I don't think I brought it up in CP. I didn't know about the interview, though. Uh, drop me a link, because I always like to see mentions of me in the wild. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Uh, like the, um, I think it was the bloke who made Fallout had like a video blog lately where he mentioned something I did once and someone linked to me on yeah. Twitter and I, and I was very chuffed. We probably bring you up on streams every once in a while. Oh, you don't count. Casey, Casey, we don't count when we're playing the Portal 2? Oh my god, we're doing so good in Portal 2, by the way. Well, Let me tell course. you. We got well, all this goo everywhere. We're learning how goo works. Well, of course you don't, because, you know, we're mates and we all work together. It's like being mentioned by uh, random people around the in- industry. That's where it's uh, very flattering and interesting. Nick gets a lot of mentions in, in your, your, Z, your EPs and ZPs. Okay. Shout out to Nick, editor Nick. Nick uh, Geldon Yetich gives $5 and says, While game quality makes me a happy gamer, I suspect success only proves it happened at the right place and time. Lousy games can sell well too. Yeah, there's always that uh, yeah. uh, unknown X factor. You never know when the audience will be receptive to your one specific thing. I don't know. If you I mean, look at like the best-selling games of most years, usually it's not something lousy, right? Like, I don't know. Usually, if something's like bad. It doesn't sell well. There's like stuff you might not you might not give a shit about Madden or your Call of Duties, but like they're, I don't know, they're constructed. I don't know if that's a compliment to say they're constructed. Like everything is constructed. I always wonder. It's uh, speculate on how completely impossible it is to even try to predict what will be like a breakout hit i might yeah. uh, uh to, to distract my youngest while she was brushing her teeth my wife is taking to playing baby shark on her phone i was like what yeah. the hell was it about baby shark that made it like everywhere for a while yeah yeah who the, who the fuck knows i mean did the creators even suspect for a second that their dumb kids song they put on YouTube alongside billions of other dumb kids songs that people use to distract their toddlers to brush their teeth would somehow be this massive breakout hit. No, it's uh, it's sort of impossible to fathom. I don't I know. understand how it comes. Yeah. It's almost intimidating how impossible yeah. to fathom it is. It's like having to share a world with Cthulhu or something. Oh, no. I don't want to share a world with him. He's got just weird this, face tentacles. This enormous market force that could just elevate something to massive success or flick it out of existence with the slightest thought. The algorithm. I don't know. I don't know what algorithm, but it's just the algorithm. The algorithm. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, Old Hunter 77 gives $2 and says, Dedefile books make for delightful summer reading. Thank you very much, Old Hunter 77. I recommend all of my books. Beach reading. Uh, Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, We know your thoughts on early access games, but have you tried the demo to tagline? It's neon white gameplay with art style tangential to Jet Set Radio. No, I'd never even heard of that. I've never heard of it either. I might ch- check out this demo. I like all those things. Hmm. Uh, you have to put the word game. You can't just Google tagline. No. Looks no. great. Looks okay. great. Wishlisted it. It got wishlisted. Man. Please log in. Suck it. I'm already logged in. Fuck two, out of here. Two Lupus One gives $10 a dollars. And this is their first super chat, so be nice. Oh my gosh. Says, hey, will. first time at a stream since it's three in the morning, so I can't stay. But I want to ask if either of you ever played Arx Fatalis. It's one of my favorite games, and I think it's a forgotten gem. I have never played it. I have heard the title here and there. It was, um, I have not played it either. It was, I believe, the first game from Arcane Studios. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of that Redfall. A little bit of Arx Fatalis uh, DNA in Redfall. Uh, no, I've heard. I've uh, people seem to love it. It was a little. Um, it was probably. I think it leaned closer to their Looking Glass uh, roots mm. than something like you know, um, um, Prey or, or Deathloop do. But uh, I feel like you might like Arx Fatalis. But are you really going to go? Are you going to go back and play this game from two thousand two? Probably not. I've already got Immortals of Avium and Armor's Core Six to play today. Yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson gives 20 Canadian dollars and says, Hey, Yazi, sorry for off topic, but I've been wondering about this for a while. Can you offer any explanation for how Derby's assistant actually receives the blink codes for his tools? Does he have an implant or something? You know, I should be more active on Goodreads or something so that there's an avenue for people to ask me questions about my books. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I figured he'd just have an implant, something, like a very simple one that would just send a very simple signal every time he blinked. Mm. or moved his eyes in a specific way yeah or, may- or maybe there's like an implant in his eyes there's like a little camera that means his assistant can constantly see what he's seeing and appraise him of his situation that's a possibility it's because like his assistant is like his like the otacon to his solid snake you know like the gotcha the uh voice in the earpiece that tells them what to do all the time does that assistant um peter pants like otacon no it's weird that Otacon and Otacon's sister both pee their pants. You think that's like a yeah. thing? Like, like, and uh, Otacon's dad and the character of Metal Gear Solid 3 who was basically the Otacon standby. Yeah. Just someone's got to piss their pants. Some intelligent person has to piss their pants at some point in a Metal Gear Solid game. Not a good story unless you piss your pants. Just to illustrate the difference between them and the action hero protagonist, I suppose. Yeah. Snake has never pissed himself. Well, he might if there was some kind of gameplay benefit to it. Like, oh, like uh, the wolves won't attack him if you just cover I, yourself in your own yeah, urine. Yeah, if, if it increased his camo rating while he's hiding in a toilet. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> oh, smells like this. Definitely someone in there. That's yeah. the sort of thing Hideo Kojima would do. It is. I mean, yeah, you had to... Oh, no, there was piss. Piss bombs. Well, you didn't piss yourself in Death Stranding. Oh, yeah. You would, yeah, you would like piss and then blood if bombs. If only Otacon had been the protagonist of Death Stranding, he'd have finally found his milieu. That game could have used Otacon. Like, that, you had some buds in that game, but none of your buds were as entertaining. You mean as a Otacon. character who didn't come across like they were from space? <laughs> yeah, Death Stranding <laughs> could have certainly used some of those. What a great game. Anyway. 
Oh, speaking of space, but in space, though, gives us $10 and says, Did you guys know that a Baldur's Gate-themed magic set was released last year? Carlax card has gone from $3 prior to Baldur's Gate 3 releasing to $15 now. No bigger point if I saw that was effed up. I don't think I ever read into that character, Carlax. Oh, the big red, big red barbarian devil? Uh, no, no, I just uh, went around after the crash at the beginning of the game. I recruited uh, the vampire thiefy dude, uh, the okay. wizard dude, and uh, uh, Shadowheart, and uh, the lizard lady. And I think that's all I found in like the initial area. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe Carlyle comes later on in the game. Uh, we have yeah. a we had an interview go up on the website over the weekend with the uh, actor who pl- who played Carlyle. So, man, their performance out. was completely lost on me. Then, completely <laughs> <laughs> lost on you. Yeah. Anyway, tsunami douche gives twenty dollars and says, "I've noticed for cell shaded." Tears the Kingdom, Hi-Fi Rush, and Cyberpunk, that I often stop whatever journey I'm on and just look around at the scenery more than any other style of games. Do you have this habit with any other recent titles? Wait, Cyberpunk. Okay. I think he means Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Oh, Cyberpunk. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Although I'd argue Tears of the Kingdom isn't that cell shaded either. No. I don't think it's. I mean, like Wind Waker, cell shaded, but yeah, yeah. Regardless, those kind of like sort of stylized visuals like that, as opposed to photorealism. There's the kingdom's more. Yeah, it's more sort of stylized texturing than cell shading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like photorealism, while impressive, is ultimately like I've been to really nice places on Earth. Humble brag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and so I'm like, well, I've seen the Grand Canyon. And so can you make a canyon in a game that can impress me as much as the Grand Canyon? Probably yeah. not. But I've never seen a sky island. I've never been on a big old sky island. So if you put me on a sky island in a game, I'll be like, oh, shit, this is really good looking. I've never been, in, never been to a sky island. And really, realistic graphics makes Guess the Game less fun. Because half the time, they'll just bring up the first image and it's just like a tree on a hill. <laughs> a I'm, car? I'm, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's just realistic. And I'm like, well, that could be like 20,000 different games. I, I love the idea if going forward your your zero punctuations are now constantly going to just be grading games based on how good they are for guess the game. You're like, this game a, I had a lot of fun with this game, but it's not a good guess the game contender. So you you um, joke, but it's as good a metric as any to have a very distinctive, like immediate yeah. visual style, isn't it? No, I agree. I agree. Also, you need a name that isn't just a bunch of shitty words combined. Yeah, we've well, we've been over that. Yeah. Uh Dimitri gives two Canadian dollars and says, Old God of War style spectacle fighters. I miss them. Mm. Yeah, we don't so, get those we don't get those a lot anymore. When you say like the Devil May Cry style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess platinum's sort of single handedly keeping that particular genre afloat. Yeah, yeah. And then um it seems like those like Creating a really good combat system, like a really mm. deep and, and sort of fluid combat system like that, feels like something that like indie games haven't really tapped into yet, right? Well, like there's no example of, like an indie game where the combat feels as good as a as a Revengeance or as a Bayonetta or as a DMC, right? Well, it's only because it's hard. Yeah. And uh, what about uh, Hollow Knight? Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking 3D as opposed to 2D. I think right, okay. uh, 2D has definitely nailed it. And uh, like Nick mentions, there's a lot of indies in the space working on, so maybe there will be. It's, kind of how, a breakthrough. To, it's how to create like a spectacle fighter style combat engine that doesn't just evolve into button mashing. I think Hi Fi Rush yeah. was really good at 
the rhythm, whole rhythm thing helped me not just fall into a button mashing place. You were talking about like play- Tony Hawk's as like uh, a comparison to fighting games earlier, mm-hmm. and that felt very apt for me because in both genres, I tend to would just end up button mashing. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of just feels like you're always out of control. Yeah. Uh, someone in uh, Zeo Goat mentioned Wanted Dead. Did you play Wanted Dead earlier this year? That's the one that kept coming up as like this weird, quirky, like uh, niche hit. Like a cult. Yeah. Case. And it's like uh, so bad it's good, but then it's like, is yeah. it so, is it actually genius? Um, yeah. Because I started playing it, but it was just so bad I couldn't be bothered playing anymore. Yeah. I think it was a little, uh, my problem is, especially the first couple levels, a little too hard. Too, too, a little too hard. Um, needs to well, be less hard. It missed its chance. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm ever going to go back to it. Yeah. I just think about that game a lot. It's just very, it's very weird. Uh, Robert Johnson gives five Canadian dollars. Says, one of the chickens gave me a fart egg. Man, that's a weird thing to say out of context, Robert Johnson. I'm not even sure what game you're talking about. Also, do you think Camelot might finally now revive the Golden Sun series? I would fucking love that. Oh my god, what are we doing? How is there not a new Golden Sun game? What is happening to us as a society? I don't know. I've never played or know anything about Golden Sun, except that my wife has occasionally brought it up as a game she played as a kid and is very nostalgic for. It was great. It was on the Game Boy Advance, and then I believe there was also one for the DS. Um, but they were just wonderful, simple, kind of throwback 16-bit um, RPGs. Hmm. Well, there you go. It was great. I think they're adding them to Switch Online. So if you have Switch Online and your wife ever wants to replay it, there you go. Oh, also, I think you missed by witticism. Uh, oh, so I did. Witticism gives five dollars and says, "I think we're going to see more games like Evil West soon—a revival of the 360-era ten-hour linear single-player adventure." Ah, uh, well, as I said, I would be very I happy so. to see that because it would give me more time in the week to do things other than play the game. I have That'd to review. Great. That'd be great, and you'd be—you'd be able to actually finish the game and not like well, yeah. I tried to play a hundred-hour game. <laughs> oh, Man, like the games I actually—games f- I actually finish before I review them are kind of in the minority these days. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a bunch in a row is like, yep, no, no finishing Baldur's Gate, no finishing yeah, Sea of Stars, no finishing, I ain't finishing Starfield. Baldur's Gate. I didn't finish Sea of Stars before I've made my review. I absolutely did not finish Starfield before I've written my review that I'm writing mm-hmm. now. Very much doubt I'll get through Armored Core Six. Yeah. Uh, Alex Armstrong is five dollars and says, "Only just now got into Adventures Nine, and I'm loving it." mcdonald's reference though i find it funny that mortimer is basically trilby or dashford pierce with pointy ears well i think the fact is alex armstrong i just really like that sort of character i like uh lovable rogues uh con con artists uh and people who operate above the law or below it basically not at the same level as the law in either sure. in whatever sense <laughs> one way one way or another I like I like uh, writing clever characters, clever yeah. characters who try to like con their way out of difficult situations, and are out for themselves. Do you think there's a, what's what's the biggest part of yourself that's in Mortimer? Uh, his tendency to get flustered when things start going to shit, because that's basically just me. That's a very good answer. Like I'll go into like role playing Mortimer, full of really confident ideas. Uh, for his next brilliant scheme 
and then like yeah. a natural one will come up and i'll just start to panic yes you'll certainly see that in effect uh <laughs> if you watch through the whole series seems like a lot of people have been getting into adventures now lately like, yeah it's perfect of... anyone anyone jumps on and then they're like oh shit i have 30 40 episodes to catch up on yes I think we're reaching the uh, Star Trek Next Generation Season 3 peak. Where it will suddenly become incredibly popular. And more than Wonderful. get more than 30,000 views per video. Wonderful. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $5 and says, Silly stroke unanswerable questions. Do you all think there are new genres yet to be found? Or is it likely that we've seen every possible type of game by now? Well, never say never, Fungus Finder. You don't want to be like... No. Uh, the American Patent Office circa around the end of the 19th century when they tried to close their doors and said, no, everything that could possibly be invented has been invented. So we're just <laughs> going to, like, draw a line under it. <laughs> Is that real? That, that's true. That actually happened. What a, what, a, what, a massive, what a massive boner move on their part. Well, quite. But, uh, well, and as I've said before, if we could think up incredibly innovative ideas for new genres of games, we'd be in the business of making games and not just criticizing them. Yeah. Um, what was the last... I mean, in the indie space, I feel like we more often see... Um, yeah, there's all sorts of uh, experimental stuff, a lot of which that you never see uh, rise above a certain level of yeah. awareness, just because it's yeah. just not they didn't execute it quite that well. Just the last couple of years, we had the whole crank cranker genre with my crank. Oh, yeah. I lo- yeah. I don't know where my cranker is anymore. I spent $200 on that thing, and I think I've lost it in my house, which is the I- The ideas are out there. Yeah. Uh, BS Marsh gives $2 and says, Marty, your continued defense of Balan is hilarious. Now, I didn't hear much defending of Balan from <laughs> Marty today, BS Marsh. I don't know what you were hearing. It's not defense. I just played through it, and I'm fascinated by it. And it's a game that has... Small, small bits of like, this is an interesting idea. And then 10,000 terrible decisions were made surrounding it. Where? Where are the small, (laughs) interesting bits? I like the concept of uh, all the different costumes and abilities. It reminds me of the game Space Station Silicon Valley, which I really liked, where you played a little robot who would inhabit the body of different robot animals and like whichever animal you were had a different ability and so i like the idea that you're playing as you have to like go in with a loadout and you're like okay i'm going to use these three different costumes and one is one can jump really high one can open secret doors and one can fire rockets and if you were to design a play space to where depending on the different outfits and abilities you took you could do very different things in that level to get to the goal that is an interesting kernel of an idea i feel like it, it's it just the execution that was terrible if it were me, I would give every costume at least some kind of jump and not just have one it costume is. that can only jump. <laughs> it is wild to me that you can enter a level with three costumes and none of them can jump. And there's like certain levels where you can only get five feet into it. And then there's like a small lip that you mm. just can't get over. And you're like, all right, I have to go back to the closet to, to get new costumes. It is wild. Like you, you sort of expect there to be one of those YouTube skill run videos. Like, can I beat Balan Wonderworld only using the fucking... <laughs> turns into a cube fox costume and you just can't like there's no ability to just be like i just want to be the girl i just want to be the main character who could just do a simple jump like it's it's shocking if you have your three costumes it's very bad i don't it's very strange um, yeah main character should have been wheelchair bound until they put a costume on 
like Jake Sully from the hit film Avatar and hey. Avatar 2 The Way of Water. Is he still wheelchair bound in the second one? Is he like I think he is as a as a human, but as an avatar, as doesn't a Navi, he, he's fine. Doesn't he like permanently ditch his human body at the end of the first film? Yeah, who wants a human body? If I could be a big tall blue alien, what the fuck do I need this meat sack for? Not quite. Uh, B.S. Marsh gives $2 and says, I'm hoping the prequel involves farm animals. The Adventurous Night prequel. Oh, gotcha. Oh, no. In a, I hope not in a bad way. Well, buy Mortimer a few drinks. I'm just capable of anything, <laughs> I'm sure. And where are we? Blue McNeil? The, we jump to the bottom again. Give me a second. Uh, yes, Blue McNeil gives $2 and says, colon, smiley face. See, we don't know if Blue McNeil tried to have a whole other message and then it got smiley face. There's no way to know. Grinning face with big eyes. Okay. <laughs> if you mouse over it, that's what it says. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I mean, it is a grinning face with big eyes. That's the only time I'd ever see a grinning face that close to a colon. <laughs> hey! Ah! Evil Miera gives us 50 uh, Swedish kroner, I believe, and says this year seems like it's stopped to the brim with good games. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want another pandemic to get a glut of games, though. Any alternative ideas? Uh, ban AAA games of certain budgets or above, so that they have to split up their budgets and make lots of smaller scale innovative titles. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, no, no sequels for five years. Yes. Yeah, no sequels for five years, and all games have to be under um, ten million dollars. Actually, no sequels at all. Well, fuck it. Oh well, not ever. Because what if well, I want another Zelda? <laughs> but that'll be like six. Well, years that, from now, that's so not really a sequel. That's just another installment of Zelda. Okay, as long as I get more Zelda, then that's fine. Okay. I mean, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the sequel to Breath of the Wild, but uh, it's not a Breath of the Wild wasn't a sequel to Skyward Sword. Gotcha. So they could do a new Zelda, it's just got to be completely different. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says, more games that require us to think of a new name for the genre it just created, or spun off of so hard it redefines stagnant genres. Dark Souls, Obra D. The, the big Obra well, D. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Souls-like... Genres always yeah. start with, like, one uh, exemplar and everything just... Yeah. And for a while, the genre's just called such-and-such such likes. The Doom likes. Yeah. yeah, the Doom clones and the, the Grand Theft Auto clones and such like. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works. Uh, Pat Metroidvania as well. Uh, Pat and Pike gives member for, for uh, member for fourteen months in early access and says, "Do you have any well loved classic game you hate?" Oh, no end, Pat and Pike. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Everyone apparently saw something in The Last of Us that I didn't say. <laughs> wonderful absolutely wonderful less uh hate and more of i have like complete indifference towards a lot of really beloved games like um skyrim and the witcher and mass effect although i do want to play mass effect um but it's just indifferent i just haven't played it and i don't really have a huge interest in playing it all right then uh christian hansen member for two months in early access says any specific reason that slightly something else is in this daytime slot uh, well, because before this, I'm writing uh, the review for next week. And mm -hmm. after this, I'm getting lunch. And then I'm going to spend the afternoon playing video games. 
that's why yeah. it slots into this specific time. Yeah. As for why it's on a Monday, I don't know, just because it is. <laughs> Although I might have to, actually, I was meaning to bring up with you, I need to reschedule Ooh. next week's slightly something else a little bit. For Labor Day? Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm going away for Labor Day weekend and I won't be back in time. We can do it on so, another day. That's fine. We'll figure out a day. We could probably do it on Tuesday or something. That sounds fine. We'll be able to figure it. Okay. I have faith in us. And uh, Vactor, member for 39 months in early access, did uh, Did you really forget the lizard lady's name? I did at the time I was writing that, but uh, actually I've still forgotten it. It's Lay something? Lazel? Is that it? Lazel. That sounds right. It's some I forget game characters' names a lot. Even some in weird made-up fantasy name. Yeah. Do you find it easier to remember completely made-up names like Lazel or incredibly generic names, like when a shooter protagonist is named Alex Mason? <laughs> that's a really good... That's a good question. I played... I don't remember either of the two playable characters' names in Sea of Stars, and I beat that game. I made a joke along those very lines when I was I writing literally the don't remember either of their two names. I remember Garl, because Garl had a nice personality. Well, everyone remembers Garl. The warrior cook. Who could forget Garl? No one would ever forget the, I literally yeah. forgot. But the actual, the actual two leads are just boring-ass warrior monks. Yeah. Zale. I remembered Zale. I one mean, of them was the Zale. guy or the girl? That's the dude. Okay. And having looked it up, the girl's name is Valia. Uh, like Valerie, but with the I taken out. I disagree. I don't remember any of their names. No, I didn't either. Girl's you, great, though. Just the girl. Do you remember the name of any other character? Like, what's the name of that ninja party member? Uh, it's like a, uh, it was with an S, but there's some weird lettering somewhere. I've completely, I've suddenly realized I've completely forgotten her name as well. Something has like an umlaut or something, or there's like a couple characters have like uh, uh, punctuation in their names. I'll come up with better character names. Sabotage, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Call you them. got Garl. Garl's great. Well, we remember Carl him. Carl with a G. Yeah. I remember him because he's like the life and soul of the party. Yeah, he's great. Whenever he's Garl's like not on screen. Whenever Garl's not on screen, every other character says, where's Bring Garl? back Garl. <laughs> where's Garl? Call your character something really memorable, like um, Sausage McBossage. Sausage McBossage? You'll remember that. I would absolutely remember if my main character of a RPG was Sausage McBossage. There you go. Of the New Haven McBossages. Uh, Jen Weatherwax, member for 34 months in early access, and says, best first game for a little kid, what age to start? Good question, because I can actually answer that. Oh, nice. Uh, well, my eldest, uh, we wanted to keep something to distract them, have something to distract them for a while. They were interested in video games, uh, what child wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. uh, from watching me play Mario and stuff, but they couldn't quite get their hands around actually playing a Mario platformer. Mm -hmm. Even like the prospect of navigating a character with the analog stick was just completely unclear. But then I read, uh, I was reading up online and I've read an article that recommended Mario Kart because Mario Kart, the latest one on Switch, has an option where you can just automatically accelerate and automatically steer. Yeah, and yeah. She was. She got really into that. I mean, the game still responds to you steering and uh, sure. pressing buttons, but uh, it will automatically do it for you if you don't press anything. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so uh, she got into that. Uh, but she's actually gotten really into playing games on the 3DS, on my wife's old 3DS. Because oh. you don't have to worry about the analog stick and how it corroborates to uh, the movement of things in the world. You just press on the screen to press where you want to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. She's been playing Pokemon Ranger, and she's been really into oh. that as long as uh, she gets my wife to read out all the text for her, because she can't read yet. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I would imagine like uh, it's probably like iOS, like iPad games, you know, yeah, sort yeah. of like games that are just very, very tangible. Yeah, I guess I never thought. Yeah, I don't know at what age like using an analog stick to control a character in a three D space would make sense. Because you you forget as a you know career insider for gaming how much we just take for granted in terms of muscle memory and stuff. But even like yeah, yeah. the simple act of moving around uh, with an analog stick or like looking around with a mouse uh, mm-hmm. for someone who's never played video games before ever in their lives, very is, unnatural is very hard to uh, get their sea legs in, as it were. Absolutely. Uh, H. Jorth eighty seven is in the 50 gives 50 Dana krona and says Carlac is just in the beginning she is awesome i want more air pirates and airships maybe sandbox sadly i can't program have looked into learning my that's quite an one of those little adhd comments we get now and again that just can't seem to fig- settle on what it wants to say i thought it was great i think it's making it's very economical that's what i thought mm. to get a lot of to get a lot of thoughts in there i like the idea of air air pirates and airships which I feel like you could do in a lot of different genres. You could do in like sort of being a swashbuckling mm. air pirate, like in something like uh, Skies of Arcadia, or you could just be controlling the ship. Give me some more some crimson skies and whatnot. Ain't no shit stopping you from learning to program Age of the 87. Just download uh, Unity or Game Maker and find some tutorials and away you go. There you go. You and ITY. Tsunami Dusha gives five dollars and says, "I apologize for calling Tears the Kingdom self shaded." Here's five dollars in recompense. We accept your apology and your money. Thank you so much, Tsunami Dusha. I don't. Okay. I need well, more money. We've oh no. we've only got three days left in the current target, and uh, we're only at ninety-two percent. Yeah, if we don't hit a hundred, uh, Casey and I are both fired. I blame whoever put an ampersand in the HTML. Uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But it was Nick. That's just thrown everyone off, clearly. Yeah, the the SEO, the search engine. People are searching, how do I give money to Casey and Marty? But it's not working. I'll expect to be seeing that goal fulfilled, or I'll be very disappointed in all of you, audience. Yeah, because Casey and I wound up being homeless. Nick, get your ampersands out of chat. I don't know if I can. I don't think I could ban Nick because it, it's the Escapist channel. I don't think you can ban yourself from chat. Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says old Saints Row style games should come back, maybe with a supervillain protagonist and cool title like Mankind is Yet to Recognize by Genius, wink wink. Which is referencing an old joke I made my old Saints Row 2 review, where I should make a game where you play as the Riddler. And uh, Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, you have to like take over the city with like by organizing your gang. But I'm pretty sure since I made that joke, there have been games that sort of do that. Yeah. I mean, that was, more before, in, I another, that was before, uh, like, Infamous and Prototype sort of pioneered the, the supervillain sandbox as a concept. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, Man, a Riddler game. A Riddler game would be really interesting. Yeah, like, there'd be a lot of management involved. 
a lot of like organization yeah. you have to design uh like play evil genius or something and you got to design a labyrinth of deadly traps yeah i like that i feel like what well, they played that there was that any batman game where you played a, what was it was a gotham city imposters i don't know if it's oh, shitty yeah. i didn't actually play it but um that's not what i want from that it wasn't like a hero shooter i don't want that yeah, I think uh, that game just sort of quietly disappeared. One of many Life Services games to have just Rip. Uh, no longer supported and yep. have now disappeared into the toilet drain of history. Humane Shield gives 499 and says, Do you think the original creators can be a detriment to game genre they're best known for? Examples Lord British and Peter Molyneux. I think the trouble with like the old classic creators is that you know a lot of them don't really evolve with the medium. Yep. That was always a uh, old British and Peter Molyneux's problem. Especially Peter Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he was he like ruled the roost when uh, video games were still in 2D, funnily enough, when uh, there were still parameters and restrictions and uh, you had to be creative with what you had. The moment there were a lot less restrictions, things kind of went to shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a that's a tough thing. That's why there's so few people in in any uh medium that are able to evolve with the times and stay popular and relevant for decades and generations yeah. like Hide- you know i you know. put hideo kojima up there <laughs> yeah and I, miyamoto I, I think those are those yeah, are two creators who've managed to evolve with the medium yeah um anyone else anyone western um nothing, nothing leaps to mind john carmack maybe yeah he's sort of went full into the uh like tech side of things though right yeah he hasn't done much lately well well he was always like basically just the tech guy he relied on the rest of id software to come up with the creativity shit yeah that's why uh quake 2 was made after john ramiro left and was kind of a boring game for tech nerds yeah 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 i'll be curious to see if some of the um like some of the indie auteurs that people really like still um are still sort of pushing boundaries 10, 20, 30 years from now. Mm, like your Lucas Popes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what about uh, your Jonathan Blow? He just still has two games. He doesn't have a third game. Where's the, there's no third game yet. Yeah, he's <laughs> sort of... Very long. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of uh, dropped out of the picture as a yeah. creative. Like, he's, he's still working on... Like, I saw his, his studio, Thekola, at a, um, like a job listing for something they're working on their next project but yeah no Who idea Bill knows what a pretentious sod that jonathan blow is witness is great though i love i love when the line connects with the dot it's oh man it feels great uh where's very the thomas pretentious, very pretentious oh hang on missed one uh devon gives ten dollars and says when is the marty yahtzee frost nick Baldur's gate 3 co-op run never, never. Oh, we both said never. We all got shit uh, to do. Too busy. Yeah. Too busy. Frost, Frost out here. He's, he's cold. Frost is cold taken. Frost is stuff legending. Frost's got 19 billion things to do. Oh, my God. Moment. So and popular. So do I. And so does Nick. The other one with all the free time. What are you talking about? All right. We're all doing shit then. We've all got shit to do. What kind of weird? Just because I play Battle in Wonderworld at night doesn't mean I have free time. <laughs> it just means I I I'm bad at managing my time. I, got I a make fam- bad choices. I got a family as well. The That's other, true. 
you don't do you you don't have kids i don't nick, i don't nick have, doesn't kids. have kids no. and i don't think frost no. does so you guys no. have, don't have the excuse uh wesley thomas gives to canadian and says thought of something i miss rts games is that not the last, there surely there's like still those coming out when was the last one of those starcraft 2 no, I don't. I don't actually know. I've got no. Uh, my my my. I have no fingers on the pulse of the RTS genre. No, I don't either. know. Company of Heroes. The... Is that an RTS? Company yeah. Heroes Three came out a little while ago. When was the last StarCraft? StarCraft Two was like 12, 12 years ago, ten years ago, thirty years ago. Uh, who cares? Zaratha gives two R dollars and says, "Cube Fox, it's a fox in a box. Don't miss the rhyme." Okay. Was that from? Was that the the fox box from uh, Balan? Yeah, but is the fox in a box wearing socks? Dun 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 dun. And if I guess the fox... Pikmin. Yeah, Pikmin's kind of an RTS. I suppose. Pikmin's great for, for babbies, maybe. Yeah, babbies first RTS. Uh, fat cock. Gives two dollars and Isn't says, "Is that a fun one to say?" I know, right? I yeah. can't wait for Silent Hill Two remake. Oh, fat cock! You're trying to get a rise out of me now. And it worked. And then Alex Armstrong, Luber team's gonna do it. They're gonna do it. And then Alex Armstrong gives two dollars and says, "But Portal Two, Zelda, Majora's Mask, Half Life Two, Thief Two, and Silent Hill Two, in reference to me yeah. saying no more sequels." We said going forward, no more sequels. Those yeah. ones are fine. Also, I feel like if you just called Silent Hill 2 something like Mr. Sunderland's Wild Ride, it would still have been a perfectly good game because it's got virtually no connection to the previous game. Yeah. It would have been pretty pretty huge if um, it was called Mr. Sunderland's Wild Ride. Although Thief 2, I'll grant you, because Thief 1 was very shaky and Thief 2 was like the perfect distillation of the formula. Yeah. Do you think anyone would remember Alan Wake's name if the game wasn't called Alan Wake? If the game was called like Bright, whatever the city's called, Bright Falls or something. Well, there's an easy way to gauge that thing. Uh, quick, Marty, what's the name of the protagonist of Control? Jesse. Jesse uh, Owens. <laughs> nope. Jesse Owens was an Olympic runner. Well, I guess Jesse. that. I guess people wouldn't remember his name then. I remember Jesse. Yeah, you remember the Jesse part, but there's lots of Jessies in the world. Got to narrow it down. Maybe didn't have a last name. Faden. That's a bad last name. That's not a strong last name. Yeah. I remembered it. Did you really? Yeah, with a bit of thought. Although I wanted to see if you would. I know that yeah, sounds like... They should have called her Jesse Control. That's how I would remember the name. <laughs> the name Control is a great name of a game. Jesse Control. Yeah. Hello, hello Mrs. Control. <laughs> I've, there was an old um, Fry and Laurie sketch called Control and Tony. There was just a conversation between two like secret agents in like MI6, and uh-huh. one of them was just called Control, and I was just reminded of those sketches. That and they're very funny. You should check them out. There you go. A little reco for everyone. <clears throat> uh, LL Trash, member for fifteen months in early access, says favorite setting is that that is underutilized in games. Uh, pirate ships. I want every game to be on a pirate ship. That's great. That's great. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, an underfunded, middle-sized British town, like the one I grew up in. 
uh, where if they if like a, a subway opens on the high street you like go oh my god we've got a subway now what's the best representation of that town of a town like that in in media is there like a movie a tv show or a game where you're like yeah you kind of nailed the feel of it like I guess everybody's more- going to the rapture didn't that take place in like an old little British village? No, that, that was a small village. I'm talking about a medium-sized industrial town, like the one I grew oh, up okay. in. Gotcha. Um, someone's making like a sort of spoof Duke Nukem mod that's set in like a British town, and that rem- oh, always reminded me of my hometown. I forget what it's there called. Um, I don't know. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Mr. Ray Muffin 2, member for one month in early access, says more money. Yes. Yes, please. Mr. Ray Muffin. We would certainly like some more of that. Yeah, see, look who's back. Uh, Fat Koch gives $10 and says, Marty, Mass Effect is a wonderful game, but has not aged well. It's, uh, it's very much a it gets good later, but if you can get past that, it's great time. Oh. I didn't. I didn't realize that's how people feel about it. I'm probably gonna play it eventually. That and that and of all those games I haven't played, that and Undertale are the two I'm gonna play. The most. most I feel like I will enjoy. Well, it, you got hopefully, no excuse for not having played Undertale. I got no excuse for Undertale. No, and it's pretty short too. Yeah. So. I'm uh, playing Resident uh, Evil Zero now. Did you ever play Resident Evil Zero? Oh Christ! That was that um, prequel starring that one nurse lady from the first. Rebecca game. Chambers. I remember her name. Yeah. First and last name. In my mind, that game was 90% on a train. That game was on a train for about an hour and a half, and then you were no longer on the train. So my mind my mind's playing tricks on me. I remember where every Resident Evil game had two campaigns, one with the lady and one with the dude. Yeah. And for a while, everyone just went, oh, well, I guess that's just how you make survival horror games. So yeah. Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare did the same thing. Silent Hill never had multiple protags, did it? No. Yeah, no. so. Hill 1 was always about Harry Mason who's in town on vacation he's all about Harry Mason who's in town on vacation it's all about <laughs> Harry Mason who's in town on vacation <laughs> uh, where was I Urb4NM UrbanM gives 100 PLNs and says as mentioned before I want more spectacle fighters like Devil May Cry series so here's one to the cause also looking forward to Portal 2 co-op as it looks to me like we will see some of the divorce up in action I think Casey and I will be a great... We work together great solving puzzles currently, so I think we're going to be a great team in Portal. In Portal Did Call. you ever play um, It Takes Two together? That's a good uh, I did not play it with. I did not play it with Casey, no. I played it um, with a friend, though, and, and I thought that, that was a very good divorce month. Yeah. About terms, divorce. Yeah, a literal yeah. divorce. Uh, in terms of, you know, a, a two-player local co-op game where you have to work together mm-hmm. is what we mean by divorce month, I suppose. Uh, Fungus Finder gives two dollars and says, "Yeah, I'll have a kid in seven months. What do I do? Uh, panic, because mm-hmm. uh, your life will never be the same again. I know people say that in a sort of moony-eyed way, but it's genuinely true because your entire schedule is going to be upended. You're going to sleep horribly for a while, and you're never, never, ever going to go back to the life you knew before. Uh, you will learn to cherish your brief moments of free time." Remember how you used to just while away the evening playing whatever video game you like? That's that's gone. Do you not I mean, get to watch three hours of the X Files every night when you have kids? Funnily enough, no. Oh, I get to put the, I get to put the kids to bed, then veg out on the couch with a Lacroix, and then go to bed. 
spicy water. What flavor LaCroix? Uh, I've got cherry LaCroix in the fridge at the moment. Mm. Although it's not LaCroix, it's uh, another brand of s- the slightly flavored water. Yeah, I usually just buy whatever's on sale. They water that is has flavors like was once within the earshot of cherry. Yeah. <laughs> subtle, subtle hints of cherry. Yeah. Uh, a van containing lemon drove past the factory at one point. <laughs> and finally, Humane Shield gives 499 and says, Do either of you think Star Citizen will ever live up to the hype? In your opinion, is there a sweet spot of hype to development time? Um, I think the, the um, sweet spot for hype is just make the game good. Because yeah. if the resultant game is actually good, people f- forget all about the long lead-up to release. Remember yeah. Team Fortress 2? Yeah. That was like a joke for a while with how long that was taking. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, yeah, I guess everyone, that is the thing. Everyone forgot those jokes when it came out and blew everyone's mind and redefined yeah. multiplayer shooting. Star Citizen, no. Star Citizen will not be one of those. Star Citizen is just another example of the hey, let's do anything uh, kickstarted game where the people actually giving giving themselves the task of making it didn't really quite internalize what a uh, Sisyphean task they had inadvertently suckered themselves into. And But they just keep making more money on it it is insane i don't know what I well, still think it's as, yeah well gonna keep developing it as long as the money keeps coming in but i very much doubt it will be anything like what uh, people are imagining yeah i still think there's i still think there's something um there's something there's something to brewing with that game i mean it you can't imagine it'll be much more than what starfield is and starfield's out yeah but just like They've released games before. The Star Citizen just feels, I don't know, it feels like a money laundering scam. Well, you know, the Wing Commander guy's behind it. He's got some successes under his belt. He understands game development. I assume. We hope. Chris Roberts, that's his name. I remember, Chris Roberts, that's I remember it. it was something incredibly generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's all. that was all the Super Chats. So thanks for all of those. Oh, here comes another one. Fat Koch gives $2 and says, I believe in Todd the Rod. Oh, and then Tsunami Dusha comes in with $5 and says, sorry for another one, but it's like more obscure puzzle platformers like Rabbit X Labyrinth. Okay. Rabbit X Labyrinth. Wait, wait, was this in relation to something else Tsunami Dusha said? I can't remember. Or is that a game... I'm not familiar with it. But, you know, back in the 2D games, there were a lot of, like, uh, eccentric platformers, some with puzzles attached. Like, Lemmings was a whole genre for a while. You'd have uh, uh, games like... uh, Well, there was a game called Morph I've had on the Amiga that was like a puzzle platformer where you could switch between gaseous, solid, and liquid forms. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and you had to use the environment to get to the exit, or there'd be uh, games like I like I like the idea of the different uh, the three different forms. Being, yeah, there were a few different games that were just like platformers where you had to solve the puzzle to get to the exit by using different abilities, sort of like Lemmings, mm-hmm. but with multiple variations. Where did Lemmings go, Funkus Finder? Well, if you ever played Humanity, which came out this year. That feels like oh, a very yeah. Lemmings-y inspired game. 
Absolutely. Uh, oh, blimey. The Super Chat's coming back just as I was starting to wrap up. Yay. Bardungal Barnacle gives five A dollars and says, I'd like to see a really good space flight shooter that isn't open world. Did you ever play Descent? I played Descent. I played it on PlayStation, though, which was very... I don't think it was meant to be played on PlayStation. If you like Descent, play the System Shock remake and play all of the hacking mini-games. Oh, yeah, because they're little fly things, right? Yeah, very Descent-y. Yeah. Also, how can you have a space flight shooter that is an open world? Isn't that what space is? Just uh, go anywhere because it's space? I mean, I guess you'd have, like, if it's mission-based, like... Like Wing Commander. Like Wing Commander, Rogue Squadron, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Zebra gives $2 and says, where do you think you're going? Guess that game. We only do that on the post-ZP stream, Dr. Zebra. Yeah. This, is no, like, this is all business here. Yeah, it's like something else. This is the talky one. Also, and by the end of post-ZP, we just get bored of... Uh... Usually, also, yeah. yeah we, don't even have a, we don't even have a space in this no, overlay. It's just our dumb faces. Yeah, but no, mo- yeah, most of the times by the end of the post-ZP, we're just sick of playing whatever game it is. And Zaratha gives $2 and goes, by the way, Marty, frogs still aren't lizards. Salute. I, I think all lizards, uh, all like lizards, reptiles, amphibians, like they're all the same to me. They're all just like... Oh, really? I just, I just lump you, them all in. Why don't you say that well, at the next big fight between the frog and the lizard gang? Oh, no. <laughs> I just like it. See, I don't know. They're all kind of slimy, right? Lizards aren't slimy. They're dry. They live in hot climates. Yeah, that's what Jesse said. I don't believe him. That's why they're cold. I think some people got mad. Some people got mad at my my animal my animal thoughts, which is just lump them in. Let's just lump them all in together. I think there's birds, there's bugs, there's lizards, and there's just everything else, which is just like mammals. So okay, so uh, sloths are the same as funguses in your view. Yeah, just everything else. Yeah, they're just it's got four legs and it's like you can you can pet it. Well, Demet- you made Dimitri so mad. You made a lot of people so mad. Dimitri had to pay another $2 and say, lizard racist. People say dinos aren't slimy. You guys have never touched a dino. You don't know how slimy it is. Well, I've touched a lizard. Yeah. Have you I really? imagine, imagine, imagine that when they said terrible lizard, they weren't referring to their increased sliminess. <laughs> Although I'll grant you that lizard lady in Baldur's Gate 3 was pretty fucking slimy when I was finished with her. Hey! and on that note let's finally actually wrap this up so serial punctuation this week on sea of stars and if you're interested there's a three of there's a three minute review on that as well three minute review which recently got a shout out on pc world incidentally i saw that also yeah. the review was more than four minutes so i just lied we just lied hitting the big time lie. is old three minute reviews don't miss out like three minutes to me and uh, yes, so there'll be a news punctuation on Wednesday. A sea of Stars for members, and it will be my on guard Blasphemous Two review for everyone else. Nice. And that's what you'll be streaming for post CP, correct? Yes, indeed. On guard and Blasphemous Two, and Frost's pretty sure he'll be guesting on that because he reviewed both of those. Apparently, uh, no, he reviewed Blasphemous. I think Jesse reviewed On Guard, but I think he played On Guard. Oh, okay. Uh, well. Uh, I also have an extra punctuation going out for members on Thursday. What's that topic? Uh, right, that, uh, out, of, out of basically nowhere, that is on the subject of really good intros in games. Sort of following oh, on yeah, from like slightly something else. Week. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, specifically referencing uh, Bioshock, partly because it, we actually recently passed the 16-year anniversary of Bioshock's release, if you're interested. What a game. It's a good game. Great game. Well, it starts well. That's, that's my yeah. point. <laughs> yep. Two-thirds of a really great game. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, new episode of Adventure is Nigh for members going out on Saturday. Episode four of season three, mm-hmm. The Liar, The Witch, and The Wartorn. Episode three for that just went out for everyone, so if you haven't seen that, you've got no excuse. Zero excuses. Controversially, we actually got into some actual D&D combat in the last episode. Which doesn't happen you. that often. Impossible. And uh, yes, what else are we doing on the Escapist this week? Uh, yeah, other stream today, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Central. The Hidden Gem Boys will be back and they'll be playing Shantae the Pirate's Curse. Shantae's not that hidden a gem, is it? See, Jesse asked, it's, got, it's under the threshold on PC. It's a. It's not a very popular PC game. However, it's very popular on like Game Boy Advance and its original platforms and whatnot. I think a hidden gem is a state of mind. Counterpoint: I also don't know anything about animals, so no one should probably go to me with any questions like that. But Jesse asked if he could play it, and I said sure. People like their jiggling bikini top games. Yes, exactly. Um, and then all the normal streams the rest of the week. We'll be having recap, breakout. Nick will be playing more Dark Souls two. All the usual stuff. And then on Thursday we're debuting our new streaming series. Thursday at noon. Uh, speaking of Jesse, I'll be joining Jesse. Jack's going to be joining us for this first week. Uh, Jesse has never played a Zelda game and is unbar- embarking on a little bit of a Zelda journey. We're starting with a link to the past for the Super Nintendo. Seems like a bit of an oversight for a game reviewer. Yeah, it's, we all have our blind spots um so yeah tune in for that and then i believe nick's uncharted streams are going to be moving to friday so you're just getting more streams and the amy and frost sly cooper streams are going to start on friday we just have so much shit it's just crazy there's oh, too much going on oh blimey let us oh, sleep oh and then paul gave us 740 and gave no comment just a message. Paul, that's very sweet of you that's incredible paul uh, and then simple simon gives two dollars and goes oh sir uh, just one more thing doing his columbo <laughs> impression <laughs> Incredible. Wonderful. Guys, I'm really proud of us. We're almost at 95%. Oh, look at that. Casey and I might not get fired. I can't really do a Columbo impression, but I'll tell you who does do a good Columbo impression. Jesse, because he does one every time he's playing Grindabid on Adventures Nigh. That is a... Yeah, Grindabid is very much Columbo. Now, for our finale, I will now eat the Black Mesa logo in my background. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. And furthermore, thank you, sir. Oh, yes. And Zerath gives two dollars. And furthermore. Bye, then. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. I love you.